You're listening to Go to and Lisa podcast with Lisa Waldron, where each season has a series of 10 episodes. It's fun. It's interesting. I have a passion to share and I love doing these podcasts. Are you ready to listen to this week's episode? Okay, get ready, set, go! to my podcast. It is Friday. How you feeling? Oh, I'm going to talk about a very, very important subject today. And I try to shorten my title as much as possible. But my title in today's episode is going to be top 10 lists a black mother of a son worry over. Strange title, but I think it's to the point. So I'm going to give you the top 10 list, according to me, a black woman who has a black son who is now 21 years old. And I think now is is an important time for me to talk about this subject. I had it on one of my topic lists to do in my podcast for a while, but it's the perfect time, especially with the movie When They See Us is currently out on Netflix. So not only that is it's, I want to say we worry about all of our children, but I feel like the men, the black boys grown into black men, God's willing. I feel like, am I the only one that worries about this? It can happen. I mean, there's so many things out there, people, so many I mean, if we literally sit here and worry about every friggin' thing, we wouldn't live our lives. But these are the top things I think about when, you know, I try not to worry about it a lot. I have top 10. It may not be in any order. Um, I try to put it in order, but it doesn't matter. It's still of importance, all 10. So I'm just going to jump right in. So what was I talking about? I was talking about the movie When They See Us. So I am doing my podcast a little bit early so I can, you know, get it all done and ready for it to air on Friday. So I'm actually doing it Thursday. So I'm going on literally no sleep because I was up until 2 a.m. Yes, I was. I was up until 2 a.m. because I was so tired yesterday that... I came home after work and took a nap. And then I was trying to watch Queen Sugar. That's a whole nother... You know, I'm going to do an episode real soon about some of the shows that I'm watching and give a recap. And, um, but by the time I woke up from my nap, it was 12 o'clock. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get up at 5. So anyway, I got up at 12. It was 12.03 to be exact because Queen Sugar was restarting again, like on own channel. That's Oprah's channel, people. So I was like to myself, oh, perfect timing. But I was like, dang, got it. It's after midnight. So then I'm watching, watching, and then they did a commercial to say, oh, Oprah's going to do a show right after Queen Sugar about the cast and some of the members from the Netflix movie When They See Us. So I was like, oh, great. Now I've got to stay up and watch that. So that's why, you know, I went to bed so late. And then I only had a quick turnaround time to get up. So 
That being said, the movie is When They See Us. It's on Netflix. We're now in June 2009. God bless you. That's the baby um, dogs. No, that's old Mojo. One of my, my old. Yep, that's Mojo, the older dog sneezing. So, it's a movie about five black male young men back in the 80s, 90s. Don't quote me on that, but it's, but it's just ridiculous how this justice system i mean i can go on and on maybe i should just do the podcast on the movie itself because it's a four-part movie on netflix and basically they were called the central park um boys because they this jogger lady who was caucasian was running at central park in new york and basically she was left for half dead and when you watch the movie it's like when you watch the movie it's like all these unfortunate things happen meaning that these are just guys hanging out at the park and they were wrongly accused long story short they spent like what five between between all five of them five to fifteen years in prison when one of them got the worst because at the age that in which they were found guilty even though they were innocent um he was the only one of the five that was sent to uh, an adult prison so and then spent a lot of those years in isolation let me tell you something just even watching episode one was hard and i did fast forward between two and three because i couldn't take some of it i had to take a break watch another movie but you have to be in the right mindset to watch that it's a four-part series but you know the the last part was very good. The fourth part. The whole movie is good. But as a mother of a black man, black child, and especially a single mom, we are doing twice the job of both parents, which is, you know, to worry. And yes, my son's father is alive. Um, he's out of the country. We don't have a relationship anymore, but basically, even if we did, his mentality is more of laid back. He'll say what he have to say. I am more of the hardcore go, go, go at it kind of person. I feel like sometimes maybe I was meant to be a man. Am I meant to be a man? I don't know. There's always a good cop, bad cop in regards to any parenting, any relationship. But as a mother, I think we worry more than the men do. I, I don't know. I can't speak. This is my assumption. But in my household, you know, based on, you know, I say teenage years were hell. Um, compared to other people's teenage years, I say I had it easy but let me tell you something it was still hard um i think my son's biggest problem is his mouth of all you know what i mean and i think that he's in a generation in society right now where they just friggin know it all and i look back at it and i think why my son's father doesn't really put down his foot or say much there's so many different layers to that also but it's more like i think think he sees himself in a lot of the kids and I only have one kid for him by the way but um 
And I sometimes look at my son and I see a little bit of me when I was younger, but my gosh, I mean, I love to talk. That's why I'm doing a podcast and I'm doing YouTube and stuff like that. But my goodness, it's like, did I act like a friggin' know-it-all? Did I act like I know it, know it, know it, know it, know it all? I don't think so. I mean, a lot of the times when my son acts up, I say he got it, he got it from his father's side. Am I the only mother that does that? So anyway, I think I'm just going on a rampant right now about parenting styles, but that can go on for eternity. But, um, basically it's a good movie guys. If you haven't seen it, if you have Netflix and you're paying the 15 or $13 or whatever you're paying, go and watch when they see us on Netflix. It's a triumphant movie. And I think everyone in the movie plays such an exceptional part, but the thing that's sticking out in my head right now is that one of the boys, I think is Antron's father. Yeah. And he felt he's deceased now in real life, but he felt the guilt because he convinced his son to take the, the deal, the rap, knowing deep down that your son child didn't do it. Here's the thing. I tell people a long time ago, everyone knows their child or think they know their child and know the capabilities of their child. Well, what do I mean by that? So if your child is under 10 and you know, your child likes to bite people. And then one of the parents come up and say, Oh, my child bit my child. I mean, are you going to stand there and act like a child don't bite the child? But if you know, your child has never bitten a child before, then you can question the other parent and say, well, how do you know it's my child? In other words, what I'm trying to say is that a parent should know their child to some degree. And the reason why I'm doing that is the reason why I'm saying that is because I've been in situations where there's a slight part. I know my child may have not have done something, but yet if a parent come and say something to me, I ask my child first, did you do it? And I usually do it in front of the other parent because you know, you give them that look or that stern look to say, you better not have done it, but I want my son to be accountable for his actions as well. So if a parent comes to me and say, well, your child hit my child. Then if I look at my son and, and I say, did you hit him or her? Then deep down, I think us as parents, know whether or not our child had the capability of doing it or whether or not our child did it. And then when you ask them in front of other people, it kind of like, you don't want to shame them, but you want them to know that this is serious and, and we're going to say this in the open in front of everyone, you know? And if my son says, no, he didn't. And I know deep down that he didn't, then that's when I have his back, but I am going to give you the opportunity to tell me the truth in front of everyone. That's what I done to my son in the past, whether it worked or not, who knows, but I felt that, let me tell you something, being a parent is hard enough, right? And there is no frigging book. And if you think you're going to have a perfect child for the, all of their lives, well, I don't think so, but I think it's so many things coming into play while your child may go this way, say this thing, act this way. It's so many things called society. So 
So anyway, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because there was a point in the movie where the parents of Andrew, especially the father, they know their son didn't do it, right? But because we are so fearful as a society, especially black people, and here you are at a police station, and you know deep but down your child didn't do it. You asked your child, your child said no. I'm not judging anyone here, folks. I'm just bringing up, you know, my observations. But, and then the cop is going to come to you and say, well, let's make this deal. And let's, let me tell you something. We're just looking from the outside in. I guarantee you, if we were in that position or same scenario, God forbid, we would probably end up doing the same thing or raise bloody hell or something. But when you think back at it, back in the 80s, back in the 90s, we didn't... I was a mere child, but I'm just thinking that as a parent back then, it was a different time. It wasn't so much violence exposed as it is right now. It's it's a lot of undercover stuff. And here is the thing, people. We didn't have a lot of money. We weren't given equal rights for our pay, whether it's man or woman or any ethnicity. We weren't given justice for a lot of things. So can you imagine going there and back talking or saying what you felt is right about your child? I mean, I applaud all the brave parents and people who have done that. Some have had ramifications or whatever, but sometimes we have to speak up for what is right. And I think after a certain point, like towards the nineties and early 2000, it slowly progressed where more and more unjustified crimes and lockups and stuff were being done where people said enough is enough. And that's why you have more people talking out. So that's why I'm, I'm saying all of this folks is to say that you can see the guilt. You can see the guilt in the parents face, the actors who portrayed it. And after watching Oprah, it was like a lot of them spoke with the actual parents. You know what I mean? And a lot of them had fear. A lot of them had um, no money. It was so many different circumstances. And I can completely understand. Because if you're a child in the 80s or 90s and you're a young kid or teenagers, pre-teenager, you know back then we all were on government cheese and doing this and roaming the streets and playing. And it was like a little bit free. You know what I mean? It was like... You didn't have to worry about a lot of stuff because you were a kid. Nowadays, I hardly see any kids outside playing right now. I mean, there's a few across the street right now, but you don't hardly see that anymore. Everyone is either inside, locked up in their house, not coming out. I don't even know if these kids nowadays know how to climb a tree, to be quite honest with you. But... It's a very good movie. So I'm saying all of this. I spent like 15 minutes talking about it already. So go out and see When They See Us on Netflix. And it's a triumphant story. I'm so glad that they finally got up. But here you have the scars of everything that happened to you when you were in prison. You're missing out on all of your childhood years. 
it's a beautiful story and you know when people go through hard times and stuff like that you know what I say to people that's their testimony their testimony is going to triumph or help somebody else in the near future you just don't know it you just don't know it and we don't know what they're going through and everyone has a story everyone has gone through something so by me watching the movie i really want to talk about you know what you know as a black mother seeing the parents in there and their struggles it made me realize that we all have something that we worry about and especially if you're a single parent or maybe you're married and and whatever the situation may be you're still a parent and you're still going to worry but I don't want to single out the boys because we should worry about all of our girls. But because I have a boy, I'm going to talk about the boy. So the top 10 list that I have that I worry about for my son, even though he thinks that he can handle it all. And that's the thing. It's like this generation is like, they're so brave. It's like, I don't know. I don't know it's just maybe I was a scared little girl scaredy cat but it's like who made my son so brave how the heck did he get so brave like even some of the things that he says it's like are you just scared down and deep inside are you just trying to pretend like you're a man and strong enough for me <laughs> I, I don't know I just and he thinks I think crazy stuff and say crazy stuff but it's not crazy it's just things I talk openly to to him that's on my mind so I don't even know where to begin on this list so I just work it down the way I wrote it to so the number it's not number one but I just go backwards 10 number 10 the police I worry about the police and black boys out there what do I mean by that I am not going to categorize all police and say all police are bad. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that as a black boy, what are you, what are you going to do if a police officer stops you? I mean, there's so many movies out there helping. There's a movie out there right now that's playing. I forgot the name of it. But basically, the young kid was coming out his car when the police stopped him and he reached for a hairbrush because a lot of these kids are into their looks and stuff. And from, I guess from the officer's view, he probably thought it was a gun. And there the, his friend, the girl was sitting in the car, she was a witness. And of course the cops shot him dead. So there's so many other stories that's coming to light and it's so sad. It's so depressing. It's like, it's like, and then when you watch the news, this is why I don't watch the news anymore, but I know it's a reality. It's happening to different races, different cultures, different countries have their own problems. And here in big old America, um, it seems to be a big problem with the African-American males um, being killed off more than anyone. And I, as a parent, worry for over my black son because... I have to go out there after all these killings and pretty much tell my son, if you're going to walk down the street for whatever reason to visit your friend or whatever, this is what you need to do. You believe this? We can't even walk down the street anymore without 
me giving you a precautionary lesson or showdown on what to wear, what not to do. If a cop stops you, don't answer, don't raise your hand. Don't do this. Don't make any slight sudden moves. Tell the officer if you're going to move or something. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's like, I get it from both sides because I hear the police officers talk about it also. Whereas they too are worried just because they're a cop. Don't mean that they're bulletproof or safe. They have a family too. The majority of them, they have kids also. So it's both sides, you know what I mean? And sometimes it's not even a, um, a black officer shooting a black kid or, or white officer killing a black kid. It could be any race, but the majority of it has been white officers with black kids shooting. So here's the thing. I think a lot of them are just afraid too, because either they have lost, you know, partners or stuff, but a lot of times take out the fear because in my eyes, as a police officer, you are trained, you are set, you have everything to assist you in not dying kind of thing. Whereas an innocent kid don't have anything. They have no bulletproof vest, no nothing. So it's like, I know that there are some questionable areas out there in the world, bad areas, bad things going on, and people are trying to survive. I get that. But am I the only person out there that has to go and tell their kid what and what they should do if they ever encounter a police officer or if they ever should be stopped by a police officer, what they should do? We all want everyone to be alive and safe and well. And if it means me having a talk with my son about it, I will. I have. If my son chooses not to listen, then that's on him. I did my part to talk to you about it. And my son's mentality is, I got this mom. I know what to do. But do you really know what to do? Because you don't know what that police officer has gone through already for the day. You don't know if they're a rookie. You don't know if they're a veteran. You don't know if they hate all black people. You just don't know if they had a bad day. Somebody that you just don't know what the heck a person is going through. So my thing is that all I can do is just pray. All I can do is just pray because like I said, if you sit there and worry about every little thing that can go wrong in this world, it we will have no life. So police is number 10. I worry about, um, because it's not even a case of you're doing something wrong. A lot of these instances, incidents rather that has happened, has happened over simple things. A kid walking down the street depends where in America it could be in the wrong neighborhood. It could be that they're dating the wrong race. Who the heck knows? It's just, it's just wild and crazy. It's just crazy out there. So that's number 10 is the police. The next thing I worry about number nine, you know, for a black man growing up right now is the job. What the heck are you doing? Do you have a job? 
You know, it's funny that, you know, people always ask little kids when they're younger, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, and I had a um, author that came, I listened to an author one time who asked that question. I think he was part psychologist or something. And pretty much he was asking the question just to see, he was asking us, do you know why people ask that question? And I had it correct in my head, but I didn't say it out loud. But basically, they said the, the majority of times why an older person will ask a younger kid that is because they are curious to see if they're going to even live up to that dream or vision that they said. Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a firefighter. But then they grow up. And then they realize that, oh, they don't like smoke and, oh, it's too much work and this and that. And, oh, they end up with a job at McDonald's, something like that or something, you know, whatever. So it's like how many people in this world actually follow the dreams of what they said from when they were younger? Because people's interests change along the way. So I always try to tell my son have a dream, have a vision from when you're younger. Set something that something high that you want to go after. Now, my son wants to become a professional soccer player. Is he putting in the work and effort and everything to become a soccer player? Yes, he is. He's even gone to Germany to practice with some people at an academy to do, um, to do soccer, hoping to get picked one day. So in the meantime, until that happens, he has to have a regular job. But what I also tried to say to my son is that I don't want you working for corporate America. If I can teach you one thing and one thing is that do not work for corporate America. I think you think it's hard and you think it's hard for a woman to work in corporate America. Try having a black man work in corporate America. There are not that many black men in corporate America that have risen to the top level, executive level in corporate America. And if they do happen to make it to the top, they F it up. You want to know why they F it up? Because then the power gets to their head and then they can't handle it. And then they get tempted by the women. And then some of them, if they are um, married or stuff, then, I mean, there's all sorts of scandal. And before you know it, the black man that's in the executive level is no longer there. Can you believe that? You're listening to Go 10 Lisa podcast with Lisa Waldron, where you can find me on any podcast app just by typing in go, the number 10, followed by L-I-S-A. Go 10 Lisa, all one word. That's right. You can find me on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple, Radio Pocket Cast, any podcast app just by typing in Go 10 Lisa, all one word. A new episode is every Friday. So the way Go 10 Lisa podcast works is that every season has 10 episodes in a season. In, in a se- every season has 10 episode series. Then there's a three week break followed by a new season with 10 more episodes. Don't worry, you can always catch up because the episodes are always there on the app. Even though I can't talk right now and fumbling with my words, you cannot fumble around by typing in, typing in Go 10 Lisa Podcast. 
So remember, that's Go Tell Lisa podcast available on any podcast app. And there's a new episode every Friday. Tune in. So yeah, guys. So basically, that's what's happening right there. Is that um, I try to tell him, find a job. And even if you become a professional soccer player, right? Make sure you have a backup plan. I think what all the problem is with black men is that they, you get so happy with the money. So I had to teach him from a very long time. Are you, why do you really want to go to become a soccer player? And you want to hear something funny in case you haven't heard this before? Before my son was even born and he was in my stomach, I told everyone that he's going to play two sports, soccer and tennis, and by sure he, he is. He actually fell in love with soccer, even though I knew that was one of the sports he's going to play. And he actually has the passion for it and love it. So I had to teach him from a very young age, why do you want to become a professional soccer player? Is it for the money or because you're passionate about it? So if you made it to the top and they weren't really paying you a lot or nothing, would you still play the game? And I, and he said, yeah. So the money is nice and everything, but what people don't realize is that money doesn't last and you got to pay this person and pay that person. At the end of the day, one injury can take you out, God forbid. You know what I mean? So make sure that you have a backup plan as a black man. And I think that's something that we don't do as a society is to have a backup plan. We're so busy living from paycheck to paycheck. We're so busy with all these other things that's coming up, getting rims on your car, getting a new pocketbook, getting this and that. This all fine, but have a little nest eggs. Even if it's like $10, $20 and save away, do that. The next thing on my list is number eight, which is anger. I think from my perspective that a lot of black men have an anger issue problem. Now, the reason why I say anger is that I worry about the anger. I worry that it's too easily provoked. I think that it's too easily shown. I think that a lot of black men, depending on their age and where they are, it's like this ignorance this anger like why can't you just talk why can't you just talk things out why does it have to escalate it's bad enough that us women we can reach listen i can go 10 you can hear me sometimes my voice reach to 10 i'm just go 10 lisa just go to 10 i don't reach 100 i go to 10 right so the black women you know already go to another level when they get angry we don't need a man to go to that level also. There needs to be some kind of balance. And the reason why I worry about the black man in anger is because when a black man gets angry, then it results in a fight. I've seen too much of that lately, and I see that it's just this arrogance. It's like, who the hell are you fighting? Are you fighting yourself? Like, where's this anger coming from? It's like, even if you have problems, like, what the hell? Like, it's like, not everything is a fight, dude. Not everything is a fight. I have people in my family that have lost jobs because they broke up in a fight. And I'm like, but that's your only paycheck coming in right now. Was that smart? I mean, 
there are so many things I can talk about with this anger problem. So my thing is like, don't become a statistic. There, I'm not saying for you not to be a perfect gentleman. I'm just saying that there are ways to channel your anger and use your anger for the more important things and not these little petty little, you know, stuff that's coming up. And is it like a big and bad attitude? Like you need to act hard and have this anger looking. I don't know. I'm just saying that chill, bro, chill on the anger. That's for all the black men out there. Like, why are you so angry? I know that a man is not, this is for all races. I know that you're not a man if you don't have the, the money coming in and that you know you cannot provide, you know, and you don't know where you're going or you're frustrated that stuff didn't work out. That's life. The, we all can deal with it. And I know that guys have a different layer with where they're looked as, as a protector, as a provider, as this and that. But, and I know that if things are not going your way and especially if you've been locked up and you don't, can't get a job and add that layer on top of it, I know why you're angry, but you don't have to show it on every single thing that you do and say. You know what I mean? And from a woman looking at it, it's not cool. We get it, but it's not warranted all the time, if that makes sense. So the next thing on my list that I worry about is drugs. We are in a society right now where there's a lot of drugs. I think there's, there's been drugs in every single generation, to be quite honest. But the reason why I had drugs on here is let's say that my son becomes a professional soccer player. Is it just me or do you notice that in the past with singers, with professional athletes, anytime a black man or a black person reaches the top, what do you think becomes their downfall? Drugs. Drugs. I don't know who's feeding them the drugs or who's giving them the drugs, but half of them don't even have the money or the clout or the status anymore because somebody gave you drugs where you're hooked on and now you can't come off of it. And now you lost everything. There's a handful of people who have maintained it. And this goes for all races, not even black. It's, it's anybody. Don't let drugs take away what you work so hard off. I know it's hard and I know there's pressure to make a song to do this, to do that. And, and first you thought there was, oh, the little pick me up and then it becomes a regular habit. Guys, it's a waste of friggin' time. It's a waste of time. Um, but everyone has a journey which they go through. And if you're listening to my podcast and if you're on drugs, I hope that you get off of it and turn your life around because you are special and you're here for a reason and it's not to throw away your life on drugs. Um, so that's one of the things I, I had on the list because it could be as easy as a girlfriend. I watched this Mark Anthony movie one time with, um, he did with Jennifer Lopez and it was based off a true story and I cannot remember the name of it, but you know what I'm talking about. It was about a Spanish singer 
and he was doing good. And then he started doing drugs. But guess what? The girlfriend who then turned into the wife was doing drugs along with him. And it's like, hello, no judgment here. Just pointing out the movie. But my point is that how on earth are you going to get off drugs when the woman that's supposed to support you is on drugs too? And next thing you know, everybody in the family is on drugs everywhere. Who's going to help you? Who's going to help you guys when not, there's not even one person that's not on drugs? I mean, eventually the woman came off and then helped and then went back. I mean, listen, that too became a downfall for that singer too. It eats you up, people. It eats you up. Thank God I've never been on drugs. But if people say that I've been on medication drugs, yes. I think we've all been on medication. Whether it's aspirin or something for your teeth or something, we've all had to take a medication or so. And if you hadn't had to take a medication, well, good for you. So that's why I had drugs on there because it could be easy as your friends influence you. It could be your girlfriend, you know, the one that you think you're in love with and you can't get over. So you're going to, so in order to win her heart and do whatever the heck she does, you're going to follow, you're going to follow and do drugs. So the next thing on my list is friends. I worry about friends. You know, the old time saying birds of a feather flock together. That's the thing. So. My son is a very friendly guy. Been friendly from when he was a baby till now. Actually, he was more friendlier when he was a baby. So can you imagine? So not everybody, you want to be nice, but not everybody is your friend. And I had to teach him that from a very young age. He had one friend that similarities as far as both of you are mixed, Asian, Jamaican, and, but yet you had to realize that you're two separate individuals. There's other friends, you know what I mean? And he just had this one friend, which I knew was bad news. Nice kid as far as he can talk to hell and get out of stuff, but he had so many problems and he too was raised by a single mom. And I just wanted my son to stay away from him. But you ever had a friend that just won't go away? And like I said, he was like a talker. I, I don't want to say he's like a con artist talker, but it's like you can tell when people learn stuff off the street real quick and know how to survive off the street real quick kind of thing. I think that's what he is. And I think I had to teach my son that people are in your life for a season and there's, there's going to come a point when you're going to have to cut people off. You're trying to do the nice thing and be there for them. But if somebody's going to bring you down and always put you in situations that are not good, then you need to start asking yourself the question, is that person a good friend to have in your life? And it could be reversed. Maybe it's your child that is the bad influencer. You know, I thought about that at one point. Is my child the bad influencer and rallying up all these kids and people just listen to him? You know, you know, I ask, you know, um, so it can go either way. 
you know, and I think my, my son is good at rallying people when he's ready to do soccer and stuff like that. But, um, you just have to know your child and know what they're capable of and know all else fail, follow them, follow them, get their password to their social media and be a detective to your kids. You're going to have to do that at some point. Okay. So the next thing that I have on my list is a plan. I worry that my son doesn't have a plan. Like I mentioned before, have a plan, you know, what you want to do with your life. What if you're going after this? What if that doesn't work out? Then what? Have a plan A, have a plan B. You just don't know where life is going to turn. Even if you get someone pregnant, like what are you going to do? Are you going to do this? you know, pause for a moment. Are you going to get a job, two jobs, three jobs? Are you, even if you're going to get married, like, are you going to get married in five years, 10 years? Like what is the plan? I mean, nobody's plan is foolproof all the time, but at least have some kind of sense of direction, like what you want for your future and have a, Hey, I'm interested in different projects. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, have like different projects. So that leads me to the next one, which is the girlfriend or the wife. I worry about this one, which is who is going to be my son's girlfriend? Who's going to be my son's wife? I try not to worry about it. Let me tell you something. My son is handsome and he's had lots of girlfriends, right? Oh Lord Jesus. But there's been one that was a terror. Um... It was very, very challenging and I had to step back. I had to cry. I had to call on Jesus many, many, many times. I tell you people many times and I had to call his father and call the grandparents. I had, I call whoever would listen to me because has anyone gone through where your child has a boyfriend or a girlfriend, whatever the case may be, and that significant other just disrespects you and your rule? Here is the thing that I tell my son. Any girl you bring up, up in here has to like your mother and respect your mother, and your mother has to know. And I think I know whoever's going to be the right one for my son is whoever can bring him to church or have him go into church and live a good life. So that being said, I went through a lot with this girl. She starts off sweet and innocent, but I know a mother always knows it's no judgment. I know it would always come out. You see, the thing my son doesn't understand is that I used to be a girl. I know the moves. I know how girls act. You don't. Okay. So they all start off. Hi, nice to meet you. But then comes the true test. When I say, you know, back then, oh, you had a curfew, but then you want to break the curfew and do what the girlfriend tells you to do and just ignore me and just act like, like I'm not the parent here. Then yes, I'm going to have a major issue. Not only that, her family was of different, um, religious backgrounds as well. So that I didn't see it going far because somebody would have to convert 
and I didn't think it was going to be my child. Second of all, um, I think the relationship was growing too fast and too serious. And the whole relationship was about disrespect. And at some point, I had to step back and say to myself, I did not hate the child. She hates me now. But she not only does, <laughs> my God, not only does she hate my son, she hates me. She even put the dog in the picture and said she hates the dog, but she doesn't know that I have two dogs. I, I think I still have my last text message to her where pretty much I was just saying to her, um, to go live a peaceful life and I wish her all the best. And she pretty much said, F you, <laughs> F you and your son and your dog. This was pretty much what she said to me. So that kind of give you a inkling as to what kind of person she was. And let me tell you something. She had her claws and her fingers into my son at a young age. And if I didn't intervene and stuff, she would have been married to him right now. And OMG. And it was, like I said, it was a relationship that was moving too fast. But here is the thing. I had to step back and look at her for a moment. And then come to realize that here is a child that has gone through a lot already in her life. And she needs love and she needs a, a nice guy. I didn't feel like my son was nice and in a position to help her mature and be who she wanted to be and what she was looking for in a man because I felt like my son was still immature around 17, 18. Oh, yes. So, like I said, she's been through a lot. Didn't get that much information from my son, but when I did, I put two and two together. And... If she's already ran away from home and she's influencing you to do this and that and disrespect me and it was just a change of behavior and then you get all of her friends to like turn and act like there were moments where I actually had to call looking for him because he didn't check in I mean like I said teenage years were hell and he doesn't realize that as a parent, what you have to worry about and what you go through. And this was all because of a woman. And what a lot of guys don't realize is that we women, we have lots and lots of power. You hear me? And especially over the men. And the men are so dumb enough, they don't even know what the hell hit them. And sometimes they think they're in love and, oh, I can't live without this one or that one or whatever. I mean, my son has no particular race or whatever. He likes who he likes and he loves the women, okay? And the women love him. And pretty much that one, I'm thankful it's over. I don't know if there's going to be more like her. I hope not. But... I also had to take a look at my son and say to him what and what because we I never actually sat down with him and say when you're dating someone this is what you need to do you need to introduce them to your mom you need to do this XYZ never had that conversation it was just like springing everything on me like here I go mom whether you like it or not this is my girlfriend this is what we're gonna do it's like 
the tables are reversed and he's like telling me i was like hold up check yourself you know so then it comes down to number three the choices at the end of the day hope and pray that the black man the black son that you're making that you guide them hope that they're listening somehow as much as you say things and yell and say things over and over and over and over and over again and people should tell me in teenagers he's listening he doesn't doesn't want to show but he's listening i would say they're listening but they just don't want to hear it from you and you just hope that they make the right choices you know what i'm saying make the right choices so therefore you don't end up having to encounter a police you don't have a job you have an anger problem you end up on drugs you have the bad friends you don't have a plan and you have a bad girlfriend these are all choices choices that only you can make and choices that only you can live with and we all are going to make mistakes at some point but we hope that you make the right choices in life in everything that you do second to last is that i worry that you're clean i mean look like you're clean act like clean your room clean your shoes clean everything walk with pride and self-being you want the world to know you're a black man and that you're a handsome black man and that you have knowledge as a black man that you have power as a black man you're a strong black man look the part look clean look clean clean your teeth clean your ears trim your nose hair hello it doesn't have to be the drop down pants. It doesn't have to be. And even if you wear the drop down pants, make sure you have on clean underwear. Clean your shoes if you're going into work. Just because it's raining and you're working in a bakery and you have flour in there doesn't mean you must walk and work every day with flowers on your shoes. I'm just saying, present yourself as the kings that you are, people. The boys that we're raising that will turn into men, you are young princes turning into kings. Dress the part, look the part, look like the sharp kings we know you are. Because us queens, we are taking care of ourselves and our, and our little princesses as well. Even our little dogs. Look the part and just be clean. And last but not least, number one, is that I hope and pray that everything that I've listed out and said at the end of the day, God is in control. And all we can do is pray over our young black men, pray over them, whatever religion that you are, whatever your belief is, pray, teach them how to pray, teach them that when family's gone and everybody's gone, you still have God. And God is the only person that's going to help you out of a lot of situations. All the choices that we made, every situation that you feel is good, bad, or how did I get myself into this? Only God can help you out of it. Sometimes we feel like, I've never felt it, but God forbid, but you may feel like there's no God. Have we all had bad times? Yes. Have we all cried out to God and say, God, let there be a better way than what we're going through now. Yes, we've all done that. But at the end of the day, friends may come, family may come, they all may leave, die, whatever. Who are you going to be left with? 
Who knows who you are inside and out, the true you? Nobody but God. Who sees you for who you really are? Nobody but God. So my message is why I wanted to do this is that just putting it out there. Am I the only one that has a worry list or worry about our children? This is what I worry about or think about when I have to deal with my son. My son is 21. I don't think it matters how old they are. It could be 50, 60. You're still going to worry about something at some point or another. And all we can do is just equip them with the right knowledge, right information, and hopefully they make the right choice. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of Go 10 Lisa. There's so many new shows coming out right now. I even saw a show on HBO the other day. I think HBO is doing some new movies where it's like eight minutes or something like that. And I forgot, what was this one called? Why am I forgetting everything? This one was called something like, oh my gosh, and I did write it down too. I think it was American something. But basically, it was some boys going into their frat house. I don't know if you guys saw it. And there was a Caucasian girl that had like fallen on the floor when they walk in the door. Two black boys walking into their dorm room in college and saw a white girl, Caucasian girl on the floor and they thought she was dead. What do they do? So their friend was upstairs playing video games who is white and then they had to end up calling their Spanish friends. So long story short, they contemplated for a couple of minutes what they should do. And one was saying, you know, bury her body, do this, do that. She wasn't dead, but they didn't want to be caught as a black man with a white girl up in their place. And especially since she was like drunk and had vomit and you don't know she was doped up or whatever. So the end of the day, they had to call one of their white friends he was Spanish, looked like white. They called the cops and did the right thing. But then they changed their outfits, guys. The black kids changed their outfits and looked like decent guys that they thought would be acceptable in the police eyes. So therefore, they wouldn't be questioned. And the story turns around to show you that this, I think it was a Spanish kid and the white kid was doing all the talking to the police officers. And then you have to ask yourself the question, what if they didn't have a white friend or a Spanish friend and it was just black boys? What would the cop think of them seeing this white girl on the floor? So the eight minute movie was to make you think. Even though all these thoughts are going through your head, what to do? It was another scenario of what to do as a black man. You have so many things against you right now, but you also have to remember that you have so many things that are good. You have choices. So at the end of the day, they made the right choice. They, one of them wasn't happy at the end because at the end, they couldn't live their life to tell their truth. It was just them by themselves. They needed the aid of one of their friends who was not the same color as them just to get the police officer to listen to them and to believe their story. And in the end, the police officer was like, oh, we see many cases like this where the girl got drunk and ended up in the wrong place or something. Well, suppose the story was different when the girl ended up in the wrong place and ended up being killed or something because the guys got scared. I mean, it can go in so many different levels. But once again, it was like, what if? What if those friends weren't there and it was just the black guys 
with this other oh my god it just makes you think so they're doing more like independent um movies like that that's also promoting young writers and new writers new creators so i think that space is good so kudos to hbo for doing that well guys i hope all of this made sense what i said to you today in regards to you know what a black man has to do up there and technically only a black man can really speak to it but i'm just speaking to it from a mother's point of view and what we worry about and hope everything goes okay I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of Go 10 Lisa Podcast. I will talk to you next time. Don't forget to subscribe, give a rating, and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, by subscribing, you don't miss out every time I upload a new episode. New episode is every Friday on any podcast app on Go 10 Lisa. Well, guys, go, go, go. I'm going to go right now. And I hope you guys go and go listen to a new episode. Love you. Peace. Bye. Go. Go.